Uh, good evening. It's, uh, it's good to be home. Uh, if uh, you don't recognize I haven't been here in about a year. Uh, my wife and I were uh, asked to serve a uh, part here of the coastal L.A., and uh, we uh, we took a little pit stop at South Bay Church, and now we're back in the West, but you guys, you know, you've been around for a while, you know, you know what, that's, we're here, we're here to serve God, but uh, it's been so encouraging, I finally got some, because uh, we, uh, am I okay here with the mic, uh, we were at teen camp uh, with two kids, and uh, that was, uh, that was definitely interesting, but uh our, uh, our son, Ezra, our oldest, is uh, about two and a half years old now, almost close to two and a half. And uh, our newborn, uh, Noah, is uh, four months old. And so we have a two-year-old and kind of a newborn. Uh, so uh, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting trying to manage all that. Am I all right? Am I in danger over here? Okay. I do have problems. Are we good? Awesome. Thank you. Please turn your Bibles to Judges, chapter 14. You know, it's been uh, quite a ride having two kids now, having two boys. Um, and like I said, teen camp was, uh, was awesome. It was great because uh, we had about 420-plus teens there uh, from, oh, I can't walk around, from uh, all over um, L.A., uh, we had a huge group from Hawaii come over, and it was just so uh, powerful to see uh, new faith, uh, faith being renewed, uh, people having a new relationship uh, with God. And uh, it was really special to me. I love being at teen camp uh, because about 13 years ago, uh, my friends and I, we took a trip to Big Bear kind of in the middle of the night. We just kind of packed two trucks. It was snowing, and we just rolled up there. And, uh, you know, we're just kind of hanging out and had to go put gas, went to 7-Eleven, put some gas. I got off the car. Um, I was already going through a lot at that time. I was already kind of looking for God, searching for truth, for meaning, wanting change and forgiveness for the things that I had been involved in, which I've shared uh, many times here with you in the past. And I got off the car. And so I was just kind of hanging out. This is about 2 in the morning. Uh, and all of a sudden, I, I go for a little walk. I come back, and my friends are gone. And so, you know, by the grace of God, I had like a cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I had borrowed one because back then you let people borrow your phones because they weren't your brain yet. Um, and so I call them. I'm like, hey, I'm over here at 7-Eleven. They're like, yeah, stop messing around. I know you're in the other truck. So I call the other truck, and they're like, nah, stop messing around. I know you're in the other truck. Finally, they called each other and said, hey, is Martin in there? No, no, he's not over here. Oh, I guess he's telling the truth. Let's go back. Uh, I didn't have a jacket. You know, I'm just outside uh, thinking, but it was really cool. I mean, finally, they picked me up, so that was really cool. Um, but it's really cool because I remember praying out loud that night. Part of what sparked that prayer was when I looked up and I saw all these stars. 
And, you know, you, when, you, when you're out there looking at the stars, the more you look at the stars, the more stars you see. It's like... You're like, wow, there's no stars in L.A. <clears throat> but it's really cool because I've been a Christian now for 12 years. And I was met instead of the Bible at Long Beach City College. Can anything good come from Long Beach City College? Well... It's debatable. There's Matt Hunt back there. He invited me to church. And uh, I remember when he invited me to church, he told me, just, he just stopped me randomly, asked me to come to church, got my phone number, uh, and said, you know, it takes a man to follow God. And I was like, I know that. Um, and he was right. He was definitely... He was definitely right. But teen camp is about a block away from that 7-11. And uh, every time we're at teen camp, I kind of drive through that street, kind of have that memory, get my heart right to remember who I really am without God. To remember who I can be if I walk away from God. And I've been at Teen Cab now eight years, and so I could just kind of look at that street and remember who I was, and I can kind of think about what's back at Teen Camp and how awesome God is. And over the years, when I do that little, little exercise, back at Teen Camp, the blessings keep getting better and better and better. And so for this year, to be at that street and kind of look back, to know the beautiful wife and spiritual wife that I have in Tina, and now two boys... I can't believe I'm a dad. can't believe I'm still faithful to God. Thank you, Jesus. So it's just, it just a great time to be together at Teen Camp. Let's see if this is going to work. Is this working? There we go. That's a little family picture right there. The only time that Tina's cool with me not shaving is at Teen Camp, so I try to take advantage kind of doesn't really work out. We're all smiling except Noah. There's a little Noah, just, you know, a little grumpy. Uh, his name is Noah Marley. We just want to teach the kid the truth from the beginning. So we, we named him Noah Marley. Uh, we're huge Bob Marley fans. There's him. He's learning how to smile. He's so engaging. Uh, it's just so cool to see him, to see him grow up. The theme of Teen Camp was speak up, and even the kids got little shirts. Uh, so it was just so cool to have that, that element there. I know the campus ministry had ICMC this summer uh, in San Diego. And uh, it was just so cool to hear uh, all the great things that happened. You guys set a little record here, I um, And so uh, it's been such a fruitful summer. Such an inspiring summer. right now we're all entering a school year and even if you're don't have kids the summer is going to end and the summer is great because you get to time on vacation even right now there's plenty of us that are still on vacation some of us are here but we're still on vacation um that's another sermon right there um but, uh, you know, all of us are at a point in our lives where we're transitioning. And either our kid's about to start school 
or kindergarten or our kids about to start their senior year or our kids going to start college. Uh, some of us in college were like, this is the second to last semester at community college. That's just how you count when you're at community college. Yeah, I know the struggles. I know the struggles. Um, the battle is real. Um, but, you know, we're all entering different stages, different stages of life. And, uh, you know, Satan can definitely attack during times of transition. Uh, and we want to make sure that we're spiritually in tune with God. And that's really the heart of the sermon here tonight as we're going to read uh, in Judges. Uh, if I can get my clicker here to work. You either... You live by technology or die by technology, right? Um, I think Jesus said that. <laughs> if you look at it in the Greek, you see the connection. The title tonight is, To Love God is to Be Intentional. No one randomly becomes a Christian. No one randomly becomes spiritual. No one randomly matures, wakes up the next day and, I'm going to go get a job right now. About to start paying rent. No, I mean, it just, you need to be intentional about it. In fact, when you think about heaven, hate to break it to some of us, but it's not like we're just going to, you know, appear in heaven and be like, oh, I guess there was one. Woohoo! Where's my room? You know, to make it to heaven, the Bible says we got to go through a lot of hardships. It is a battle to make it to heaven. It's been a battle to be 12 years in the faith. And it's been great to look back and just see God's grace carry me. And to see the many mistakes that I've made. The disappointment I feel sometimes to still be the same me that I was before a Christian in some areas of my life to see the mistakes that I've made but the reality is if we're intentional we can overcome it's not going to be a random act and as this transition happens in our lives we cannot afford to be naive and transition into this next stage of our life or this next important stage of just life and year and school year and not be intentional. Because we can get definitely in trouble in our marriages, in our parenting, in our faith, as a church, as a family, as a community. To love God is to be intentional. You're here tonight is because you, you want to love God, or you love God, or you want to keep loving God, right? You didn't randomly just show up, oh, I guess I'm at a church service today. All right, I'm just going to park and go inside. No, you, 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 you intentionally planned to be here. You know, technology is very intentional. I love technology. Napoleon Dynamite. Got to throw it in. Teen ministry still. I got to, I got to. But technology is very, you know, it takes 29 minutes to get here, by the way, from our house. That's, that's a real picture right there. Um, and I think my battery's low. Technology is very important. But if we're not intentional with technology, this, this can happen. I'm your GPS. Turn right up ahead. You never update me, so now I just have to wing it. I meant turn left up ahead. 
Recalculating. Turn right now! <laughs> Insurance may not pay for all this, so get Allstate. You can save money and be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Recalculating. That can happen. It can happen spiritually. If you're not intentional, you know, Satan is scheming, trying to discourage us, trying to divide us, trying to desensitize our hearts. I've been mayhem many times. I guess I got to go back here, show you my little picture. I'm your GPS. Okay, Turn I don't want to watch this head. again. I don't think you never either. update me, so now I guess I we can't skip it. it. Well, so that was a picture of me because we had a costume party. I had no idea what to wear, so I, I just GPS. dressed up as Turn right as Mayhem. You never update me. But you know, I've been Mayhem many times where I've ignored God, where I've turned a deaf ear to God's word, where I've avoided spiritual men in my life because... I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. I've been mayhem many times. You know, we're looking to look tonight at a study of a man named Samson. And when you think about Samson, you probably think about him and Delilah. You probably think about his strength. You probably wish you can draft him in your fantasy football league because the guy was just a stud. But as we look at his study, you're going to find that you're going to see a lot of Samson in you. Not so much the strength. Sorry. Well, maybe. But more of just how much he was not intentional about being spiritual. You know, Jesus was very intentional. Amen? And after the sermon, we'll go ahead and take communion because, you know, we're going to kind of see Samson and compare him with Jesus. We're going to see ourselves and compare us ourselves with Jesus. But Jesus was very intentional. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? I love that question. He answered, love the Lord your God with your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. Later on, it says that it's cut off, but it says that that man wanted to justify himself and said, so who's my neighbor? And the reality is, you know, Jesus is so intentional about showing us God's love for us. Jesus is so intentional about showing us the real, the true nature of God. That God had to come in the form of Jesus to kind of reteach us who God is. And many of us are still learning and we need to continue to learn to see who God is from the Bible. Not the God that we grew up with where we kind of made him up a little bit. It's been said many times that how you view your father is how you view God. Your father is your first image of God. And so if you're like me and dad was not there, maybe you don't feel close to God. 
Perhaps dad, though he tried his best, he was still maybe a little too harsh, and you feel that way towards God. Maybe dad, in trying to just make sure he didn't, wasn't too harsh, was too, you know, not involved, and you feel like, man, you feel insecure with God. But the more that we read about the Bible, God in the Bible, the more we understand who God really is. Amen? And the more we can have grace and compassion for our dads. Because God still wants us to honor them. But Jesus was so intentional. But you know what? If you're like me, you always want to find ways to justify yourself. To cut corners. And that's what we're going to see in Samson. Intentional. The opposite of intentional is compromise. It really is that. Because if you're not intentionally being spiritual... Perhaps you're compromising in your faith, in your integrity, in your respect, in your responsibilities. And we're going to look at that contrast. Again, God is very intentional. He gave us an Old Testament for a reason. And I love this passage because it just kind of captures what the Old Testament is all about. Uh, If you were like me, trying to read the Bible for the first time, perhaps you uh, started with the book of Genesis. And you're all excited like me. I was like, ooh, yeah. But after like chapter 8, I'm like, what in the world is this? If you had more character than me, you probably got to Exodus and were probably even more confused. If you made it to another book, you know, of the law there, you probably got a little weird in your view of God. And then I remember Matt telling me, hey, you don't want to start in Genesis. You want to start in the book of John. Start with Jesus. And when you get to know Jesus, you will understand God. Brilliant. And John was definitely a lot easier to read for a beginner than Genesis. But this is why we have an Old Testament. It says, for everything that was written in the past was written to what? Teach us so that through the endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Sometimes you read stories of the Old Testament like we're going to read right now, and you're like, what? Was that allowed? Is that sin? And yet, the Bible is saying right here, hey, God chose to have Samson's life be written down so that we, you and I can be taught from his life tonight. So that you and I can receive some encouragement and endurance, because this is a marathon all the way to heaven. And so that we're not walking around discouraged, but that we can have hope. Now, it is a little challenging to read. I need to warn you, because you may find a lot of Samson in yourself. But take courage, because we have a Jesus, the Jesus, to encourage us and guide us. Amen? A little something here about Samson. His birth was foretold. He was chosen from birth. He was very unique in comparison to another, other judges or kings. And he was not allowed, he, he was told, God told his parents, hey, you're not to cut his hair. So one gets to wonder how he looked like as a kid. That's our son Ezra right there. He's not a Nazarite. He's a Blacksican. <laughs> or Afrishikin, if you prefer. We take both. 
So when I get to fill out paperwork, I'm like, what, are, what ethnicity is he? <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> We're still trying to figure that one out. She wondered what his hair probably looked like, right? That's one characteristic of Samson that we think about. You got to think, you know, his parents probably had a kind of a difficult time giving him a bath if they couldn't cut his hair. I know the struggle. And they probably had a little fun with him <laughs> in the shower. But as he grew up, you know, he wasn't allowed to cut his hair. So you got to just wonder what this dude looked like as an adult. <laughs> yeah, we all make mistakes. But the reality is he probably didn't look like me. I think he honestly looked like John Sells. <laughs> so, where's John at? John, I told you he was coming. I warned him. said, you can't get discouraged, John. Or he was strong. This is a... Uh, this is, uh, now I'm allowed to say this. You, some of you may not be allowed to say this. This is a Mexican APAC. <laughs> These are my tios. I'm just going to let you look at it here for a little bit, you know. <laughs> Perhaps it's been a long day. Perhaps it's been a long day. I know I lost half of you. Samson's probably going to beat me up in heaven. Samson was a Nazarite. The word Nazarite means dedicated and devoted. So think about this. Chosen from birth. Handpicked by God. God equipped and directed his parents as to how to raise him. The Holy Spirit would come on him from time to time. God giving strength and ability. And you look at him and he's wise and he has a, he'll, just a sense of humor. He has everything that he needs. But yet you see his choices and you find out that Samson was not intentional. Just kind of wasted what was given to him. Now think about you. What's been given to you? Well, the Bible has been written, and here you are able to read it. Jesus has died for you before you were even born in hopes that you would come to the knowledge that He loves you and die for you. So if you were to ignore that, walk away from that, man, that would be so disappointing you look around and look around the community the, the family that we have right here not only that the bible says that if you're a true christian you've been giving everything in christ that you have everything that you need in life for life and godliness that means that from now on you can go the rest of your life with not receiving another blessing and you would be okay because you've received everything that you need, or if you're not yet a Christian, everything is being offered to you. And there was a high price, and that was Jesus dying. Because there's nothing you can do to be saved. It comes from God. You just got to make yourself available through repentance. 
Amen? Let's read here about Samson. My mistake. Real quick, before we um, read Judges 14, another thing about, to know about a Nazarite. It will be important in our study. It says, as long as he's a Nazarite, he must not eat anything that comes from grapevine, not even the seeds or skins. Because, you know, God, when God chooses you and calls you and you're following God, you still have some boundaries and directions from God. Amen? And this was, this was one of them, that he could not eat from the grapevine. God is very specific. He says, hey, not even from the seeds or the skins. He says, he must not eat anything found dead or torn by a wild animal and so become unclean. Good thing I read my nose before. It's very specific direction. By the way, we should probably all apply Leviticus 22.8. Let's just not eat anything found dead or torn. Amen. I know that you guys are going camping. You might want a little snack. Find something on your journey. Don't. Don't do it. Judges 14. Intentional or compromise? Finally. Let's read. Verse 1. It says, Samson went down to Timnah, and he saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. His father and mother said, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all of our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. Translation, but dad, I love her. <laughs> that it's in the message version. Verse 4. This is interesting. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. It means that God found a way to get Samson to be interested to cross the border and enter the Philistine territory. And God chose for Samson to like a woman who he knew he wasn't supposed to marry. You're like, why, why did God do that? I'm not really sure, but it sounds to me like God wants to pick a fight. Because his people are being oppressed. And when his people are in need, when his people need freedom, God is ready to pick a fight. Now you have to think, what was Samson doing? He knew all this was going on. God had to meet Samson where he was at. And where was he at? Girl, crazy. So God said, this is probably the only way that I can get him to cross over. Now, I don't think it was God's intention for, for Samson to marry her. I think it was just God's intention. Of, hey, let's get, the, let's get the ball rolling in this fight. And I want to throw the first punch. Unfortunately, Samson was so spiritually out of touch that all that he was focused on was himself. But I like her. Get her for me, Dad. Verse 5. 
Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. Amen. Got to appreciate the parents right there. Okay, this isn't a good neighborhood. Let me go with my kid. Even though he's a giant and he's strong, he still needs mom and dad. It says, as they approached the vineyards, keyword, of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. As he might have done torn a young goat. Okay, that makes it more relatable, right? <laughs> but he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. I love this. This is like teen ministry, verse 7 right here. Then he went down to talk with the woman, and he liked her. So you know I like you, right? There was no texting, so it's probably like, can you just carve your name on this piece of wood for me? I'll hold it tight to my heart. You know, it's interesting here. It says his parents were walking with him, right? And all of a sudden, you go from that verse to this lion attacks him. And then he kills it. And then it says he didn't tell his parents. That means somewhere along the way, he parted way with his parents. Do you remember the first time you were, you just worked really hard to deceive your parents? Because it takes a lot of hard work, and we've all done it. But you remember what led that? That kind of gave you a license of, I can probably keep doing this. And from that moment on, something between you and your parents changed. And we see this in Samson. He's expressive to his parents. Get her for me, Papa. He's going to beat me up in heaven. But all of a sudden, he starts to keep secrets from his parents. I'm not preaching this to the teens, by the way. This is for all of us. And then a lion attacks him. Do you know what he was walking next to? The vineyards. What's in the vineyards? What's he not supposed to eat? Did he eat them? No. He didn't. He was walking right next to the vineyards. Is he being intentional about being the prophet of God, the judge of God, fighting for the cause of God? Not at all. He's there for the girl, for himself. Church, are you here for God or for the benefits? And I don't mean that to be like, so why are you here? That's not my heart, my tone at all. It probably was when I was a young Christian. It's not anymore because I have kids and they humble you really quick. <laughs> Especially when they fall on the floor crying publicly. <laughs> but you got to really ask yourself, campus students, are you here for God? 
my insight from teen camp as I was there worshiping with the rest of the teens, I just felt so relieved to think about, I'm going to be faithful for the rest of my life. It just felt like this. I'm here for the long haul. It just took a lot of anxiety away to know regardless what happens, Jesus is Lord. Sometimes I'm going to shout it. Sometimes I'm just going to mumble it. But I'm here. That's my decision. Have you made that decision to be faithful for the rest of your lives? You know, Samson was not intentional at all. He was just random. He was just driven by desires and pleasures. Now, we're not going to read the whole thing. We're just going to read chapter 14. You can read the whole thing later. But can you imagine what he was thinking as he's walking around next to these grapes? Let's see what they look like. We have that. Now, think about this. You've never had them. All your friends have had them. And they probably had them in front of you throwing them. Sometimes you got boys like that, right? So here he is by himself looking at it. Was it sin to walk by the vineyard? No. It was just dumb. Do you have a vineyard in your life where you know this isn't good for me? It could be as simple as spending time on the internet during hours of the night. Probably not good for you. Parents, have you secured the internet for your kids? If you haven't, you have a loaded gun for your kids. Perhaps at work, you're married, but there's someone just kind of, there's this little emotional thing going back and forth. It's been there for a while. There's no sin, but it could be a vineyard. Can you imagine what Samson? Here's what I think happened. Now, this didn't happen. This is just what I think. Maybe he got a little too close and was like, I wonder what they eat. Let me just, let me just hold one. And perhaps God saw that. And then what happened? A lion attacked him. We can speculate that perhaps the lion was from God. He's about to touch it. Lion, go! <laughs> he probably didn't react that way. He was like... And then he had, to, he had to straighten out his walk because he's walking toward the girl. So I know how he walked. I don't know. I don't know. You got to ask him. But you know what? Sometimes there's lions that come and attack us and we're like, God, why did you do this? Maybe that was a good lion. Maybe you already had those lions come at you and you're like, dude, this was crazy, but you didn't learn your lesson. So God's got to send the bear. Are you playing with fire? By now, you probably already know what your vineyard is. You're accountable to God now. Don't compromise. 
Don't be randomly spiritual. Don't let your emotions dictate your love for God. Let the word, let conviction, let decisions. Be intentional about your obedience to God, about your faithfulness to God. Be intentional about your affection towards your spouse, towards your kids. This fall, as school starts, do you, parents, dads, do you have a spiritual plan already? Or is it just going to be random, perhaps? Again, hey, junior high counts a little more. High school counts a little more. We can't afford to be randomly obedient to God. To love God is to be intentional. Amen? Can you say that with me? To love God is to be intentional. So he kills the lion, walks away, and the Bible says he didn't tell his parents. And we go back to that theme. Do you remember when you stopped telling things to your parents? And maybe you don't live at home anymore, but there's stuff that happens in our hearts that if we don't share with someone, it just kind of piles up. I hope you have someone. In fact, you, you have someone. I hope you share those anxieties, those struggles, even the good things with those people in your lives. Amen? You see Samson alone all the time. Independent. You have, he has no companions. He just does it on his own, his own way. There, you just can't be independent and spiritual. Those are polar opposites. It's a community sport. It's a contact sport, Christianity. But it's a community sport. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. Sometime later, he went back to marry her. Check this out. Key words. He turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. It was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scooped out with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them what he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Now his father went down to see the woman, and Salmon made a feast where? There. Where is there? Philistine territory, as it was customary for the bridegrooms. When he appeared, he was giving 30 companions. This guy wants to have a wedding. He has no friends. He has to be given 30 friends. Now, he's the man. He's the metal metal back in Israel. But he has no friends. He's a leader without followers. But he doesn't really care about that. It's just about him and it says there that he turned aside and he went to see his trophy right and once again that means he's walking by what the vineyards so imagine what this guy's as he's walking along lusting again at something he's not supposed to have he does not guard his heart. Once again, what's your vineyard? It's not sin. It's just kind of dumb. To put it in very simple terms. 
And then he, he sees, oh, there's honey in the lion. And what does he do? He gets it. Where is he getting it from? A carcass. He's a Nazarite. What's he not supposed to touch? Dead animals. Broke the vow. Became unclean. Not only that, he was so desensitized in his conscience, he gave it to his parents and didn't say anything. I hope you're not Samson. But there's areas in all of our lives where we have a Samson. And he takes the honey, he eats it, he's so out of touch by now. Now, he didn't sin by the vineyards, but now he sinned by eating the honey. And that's kind of the point. When you're not intentional about being spiritual, you just won't guard your heart. You'll do some things that are not very wise. And you may not sin that day, that night, that week, that month, that year. But if you keep that going, eventually you're going to fall into that pit. And then he has this party in the Philistine territory. It says, as it was customary for the Philistines. So he has a, a culture party with the Philistines. And these guys were known to be drunks. That's how they partied. That's how they worship. In fact, part of their worship was to be intoxicated. Still practice today in other venues. And there he is. Was he drinking? We don't know, but the people around him were. Is he supposed to drink? He's not supposed to drink. He's a Nazarite. Right? But he's so desensitized. And then he tells this riddle, right? And then his friends are like, what is that riddle about? He's like, and then he just starts making a bet. I'll make a bet with you. If you guess my riddle, you know, I'll give you this. But if you don't, give me that. And he starts, and then the people get all upset. And they're like, hey, this guy came here to trick us. And then they start wearing down his wife. Hey, you go get the secret out of him and tell us. I mean, that's a messed up marriage already. So she does, right? She keeps asking him, come on, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me. And then he says, I haven't even told my mom or dad. Why would I tell you? Yeah, brothers, you don't bring up mom when you talk to your wife. Oh, this food's delicious, but my mom. <laughs> Woo! Thanks for doing my clothes, washing my clothes, but my mom. You just don't do that. But that's the relationship that he had. You know, unfortunately, he gets upset. He leaves his family or his wife because he gets mad. And when he wants to come back, he comes back. And dad's like, why'd you come back? I thought you left my, my daughter. So I just gave my daughter away to another guy. He gets all upset, kind of beats up people. They get upset with him. And the people murder dad and his wife he gets away but that's the point that when we sin other people are get affected a lot of times the worst of the consequence of our sin goes on other people and not ourselves and if you keep going that's the story of samson now i want to encourage you to you can read verse 15 chapter 15 and chapter 16 but the point is this, Samson was not intentional. He was a man who just compromised. He had everything that he needed. 
Just like you and I, we have everything that we need. Let's not compromise. Let's be intentional. You know, Samson was kind of a foreshadow, can we switch that, of Jesus. He later on gets arrested. He loses his strength. He gets into another bad relationship, doesn't learn his lesson, gets into another bad relationship. Finally, the Spirit of God leaves him. And when the Spirit of God leaves him, he's now taken captive and he's put in a dungeon. And they take his eyes out. And there he is in this dungeon without eyes and everyone's just making fun of him. How this was their, their hero. Look at him. He's our slave now. He's our trophy now. He gets out and then he says one more prayer. He asks God, hey God, just use me now. Too late, not for God. He gets next to the pillars. He prays and God gives him the strength and he knocks down the pillars and they come down and that fight that God wanted to have begins. And the cool thing about that message is God always wins. So let's be intentional and win with God. And so there Samson sacrifices himself just like centuries later Jesus sacrificed himself for us. But you know, Jesus was the exact opposite of Samson. Jesus was always with his companions. Jesus was always intentional. There was no compromise in Jesus. Jesus was selfless, not selfish. Jesus was about fulfilling the scriptures, not compromising the scriptures. As we take communion, let's, let's say this in our hearts. To love God is to be intentional. In this passage, in Matthew 26, I'll go ahead and thir- turn there real quick. Because I can't read it on that screen. Jesus is arrested. And we see a glimpse of how awesome Jesus is. In verse 52... As he's being arrested, he says, Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Or technology. Verse 53. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? Jesus could have gone away, but what was important to Jesus was to fulfill the scriptures. What was important to Samson was himself. We don't have to be like Samson. And thank God we don't have a Samson to lead us. We have Jesus to lead us. To love God is to be intentional. Before we pray, I want to give you some some challenges, some practicals, encouragement. One, wow, we can't see that now. One, identify one area of your life where you're compromising and identify one area of your life where you need to be intentional if you just do that little exercise today i think you'll have a great transition into the fall are you with me read chapter 15 and 16 on your own 
And finally, go ahead and have an intentional conversation with someone in this room about your walk with God. Let's not compromise. Let's be intentional. To love God is to be intentional. Let's pray for communion.